I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome back to Canto Byte Dispatch. Today, I'm Brittany, and joining me today, as always, is my friend, Emily Lind. Hi, Emily. Hi, Brittany. How are you? Good. I'm happy that Audacity and everything else surrounding us is deciding to work, because at first, it took me like five times to get it to work, but other than that. Hopefully, you haven't jinxed us. No. I'm hoping we got all the problems out at the beginning of the recording. (laughs) me too ah how's your week been um i was sick for most of it and i'm still not feeling great but today i've read a bunch of comics and so that was good that's all i've been doing is reading comics and eating french toast yum how about you what have you been up to um just working my sleep schedule is all messed up, but that's my wrongdoing. So, but it's all good. I've been catching up on homework and the TV shows I've missed and other fun things. But I don't know. I've been playing lots of like Xbox, but like not like fun Xbox games like the like the Lego Star Wars and the Lego Indiana Jones. Oh, okay. So those have been nice and calming. Like not not killing people games. Well, technically you kill just like Legos, so I don't think it's that violent. But like you still defeat people by like punching them or putting lightsabers through their brains. But they don't show brains. <laughs> they don't show brains. They just <laughs> there are little Lego brain brains that fly out when you kill people. No, it just the, it just the Legos just like fall apart. But oh, I finally. I got bangs. Oh my god! I know. I did it. Are you I, Are you happy with them? I feel very Star Wars. <laughs> no, but no, nah, it's good. And then I cut like four inches off my hair, but it's still long. <laughs> but yeah, literally, my mom was like, "I'm getting my hair cut," and I'm like, "I'll go with you." And then my hairdresser was like, "What do you want?" And I showed her a picture of Kira, and she's like, "Okay." <laughs> Okay. Man, yeah. cutting off you cut off more hair than I have. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Uh, I still can't get over it. Like it's so funny. Like hairstylists and like hair people, they hate cutting red hair. Or just like my experiences, like I like my freshman year of college, like I cut off like six, seven inches of my hair and like 
they were like freaked out. They're like, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, yeah, it's hair. It'll grow back. But it's just so funny because it's like I just noticed when they cut, they're like, all right, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm, I'm just I chilling. wonder, is that a red hair thing or is it just a their really long hair thing? Because sometimes like people who cut, who have really long hair and get it cut and they like start to freak out and cry. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. But I almost feel like too, because it's like, you know, I cut off just like a couple of inches. Well, she was like, all right. She like just showed me like, all right, like this much of your hair is like a very nice quilt. And then like she like was like with her finger. She's like at about like three or four inches of it is like really just like not the quilt. And I'm like, all right, just cut off the the not quilt part. And she's like, are you sure? I'm like, yep. What a weird analogy. <laughs> I know, man. It's strange. I know. And then she's like, well, you don't have to come back for like two years or if you want to get your bangs trimmed because your hair's that nice. And I'm like, cool. That's a nice thing to hear. I don't have to come back and cut my hair and spend another $30, $40. Haircuts are expensive. Oh, yeah. That's why I just bought a fucking clipper and do it myself. I know, like, I've definitely contemplated, like, with my bangs, just, like, I wonder if I can teach myself, like, how to cut my bangs, but... You totally can. Um, when it, you need, you need really sharp scissors, and one thing you can do is, and this is gonna sound weird, use tape. Okay. But if you, like, if you use it, tape sort of, like, as a template of where you want to cut, because it's easy to make it really straight that way, and also it'll help, like, keep... The hair from flying everywhere. Hmm. So you can just like put a piece, even just like scotch tape, like right where you want to cut and then cut over it. Okay. And it gives you a straight line. Damn. I used to do that before I had clippers. I'll definitely think about doing that. But I haven't cut my hair since like I was like really little and I accidentally grabbed the scissors and like cut. I guess like I cut like a back piece of like my hair and I had to cut it really short. But I don't remember it. My mom was like freaking out. Cause she's like, I hate when you cut your hair short. I'm like, mom, it's hair goes back. But yeah, I'll definitely probably try that. Cause it's like, I, I want to spend money on other things like porgs and, <laughs> and sales at Macy's or something. I don't know. Ah, oh, well, anyways, not much Star Wars news happened this week. Um, other than Anthony Bresnikan. He wrote these awesome articles for Entertainment Weekly about Solo from talking about the main character of Solo, which is Lando, to talking about how Alden and Han had like a little meaning or they like bonded a little bit. So it was nice reading yes. all that. So we'll dive deep down into each article and talk about it and have a lot of fun. Also, there is a new poster. Oh, did you see that? Kind of, because, like, it's not, like, I've I've seen, like, a picture of a picture of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's on, it's up on Making Star Wars, or at least a picture of a picture is. Let me look it up right now, because it's, like, basically everyone from the, the solo, like, see, like, solo images, like, the solo solo, and then, like, they're all together, and then, plus, yeah, it's like, a, yeah, Beckett. it's, like, the same, it's the same style but it's a group one instead of an individual one. I'm looking it up right now. Da, 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 yeah, scroll da, down a little bit on making Star Wars. It's on there. Oh, there we are. Oh, 
Okay. It's very like retro adventure. I like the retro feel. I like um Lando. That's a nice cape. Um Beckett looks like I don't know. What the fuck is up with about... Beckett's hair? It's, he looks French. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's all it's like blonde, it's a little too long. And with a thin ass mustache. Then we see L three three I've already forget seven L three three L three three seven. I'm super glad that she's on the poster. I'm hoping that means that we get a good bit of her. Yeah, me too. And then it has the top is like I almost said Lando, but it's solo with his with his blaster <laughs> pointed. And then you have Kira doing like a sort of that sort of like old style cheesecake pinup adventure girl where she's got her hand on her hip and she's holding up a gun. Ooh, I didn't notice the gun at first. It's a nice gun. She looks good. I like her. Then we see Chewy. Chewy looks good, too. I love Chewbacca. Me, too. I can't wait to see him in this film. Just be happy. Happy Chewbacca with Han. Ha. <sighs> Well, do you want to dive deep into um, some articles? Yes, let's go for it. I have I have a nice glass of wine and my notes up. Actually, I have a really actually I have a really shitty glass of wine. But That's unfortunate. Well, no, it's a, no, like it tastes good, oh. but it's super cheap. It's like four dollar wine from Trader Joe's. It's not the Trader Joe's like Charles Shaw brand, but it's some um, like cheapo Spanish wine. Shit, well, if it's good, then that's all that matters, is that it's good wine. Yeah, I guess it's good. I don't know. I drink trash wine. Because, <laughs> because here's the thing is, I can tell, like, oh, this bottle of wine is really good, but I find there's plenty of really cheap drinkable wines. And if it's drinkable and I enjoy it, I'd much rather spend $4 on it than $40. Yeah, it's like I've tasted $4 wine and tasted $40 wine. And honestly, it's like I I can't tell the difference. Only sometimes because I know that the ones that are cheaper give me headaches more often. Or <laughs> it's the other way around. But I forget. Honestly, it's just whatever is given to me and I drink it. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is really good. But nah, like I, I don't know wine at all. All I know is that like... I prefer white wine rather than red because it's like when I was a couple of years younger, I was like, okay, like I think I like red wine. And then it was so bitter and I'm like, <clears throat> and oh, I definitely prefer red. Oh, really? But I think that's because I'm not, when it comes to, to drinks, I, I don't like super sweet stuff. So what, I mean, when I, I, I'll drink, I'll drink whites if they're, if they're really dry, but I don't, I don't tend to like the sweeter ones hmm. i don't like sweet reds either like port blech. Blech. i can't stand that rosé stuff oh i drink a lot of rosé during the summer like i i've had it a couple times and i'm like i don't get it i don't get why everyone loves all the rosé like i'm seeing all this like rose gold stuff like 2018 is gonna be the year of the rose gold or that was last year. I don't know. I'm not on trends as much. But yeah, like 
rosé. Everyone's like, rosé this. And I'm like, I have my mimosas. I'm good. <laughs> oh, see, mimosas or any any like sparkling wine stuff, that'll that'll give me a headache. Mm. Yeah. I love those. Sparkling wine, mimosas. Any but, time know, is mimosa time. I mean, I like them. I just, I can't have more than one or I'll be in pain. Yeah. I think I like them so much because like, you know, like with the mimosas, like I have like the mixture of like, wine and something else so it's like it's not just fully that and i'm like okay like since i'm only having like this much of wine plus orange juice i can have another one and then another one becomes like 10 or 12 no i'm kidding now i think the only time i had like a shit ton of mimosas was at this like wedding reception and it was like me and my mom were just like drinking a bunch and then every person walked in the door she's like Brittany, what if you married a guy like that <laughs> and i'm like i don't know mom <laughs> Uh, good times drinking with mom. Huh. Oh, yeah, Star Wars articles. Sorry. Uh, all right, so I decided that we would start off with the most important one, which is um, Donald Glover. Oh, my God. Donald Glover. I love, Uncharming. I love him so much. <laughs> all right. uh, me too. He's just so great. Like, I was listening to, like, his, like, album the other night before going to work and I'm like he's so good at everything he does alright so this one's just Donald Glover on charming the hell out of Solo a Star Wars story and uh, we just get a bunch about the character how like he met up with uh, Billy D. Williams and the thing that got me in this article was he was talking about costumes and he's like Lando's really not the best dressed person on set which I call bullshit. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, well, I don't know. In one way, in one way, he's right. Which is that if if somebody else were wearing that, it wouldn't be nearly as cool on them. Yeah, but. Lando can pull it off. It's this, you know, it's this very like 70s inspired sci-fi look. And on Billy D or on Donald Glover, totally awesome. Not a lot of people could pull off Dragon Cape. I wish I could. <laughs> uh, but no, even like his hair and the solo poster, the like the big solo poster, like the one I looked at earlier, like his hair just looks like very like retro. Like I just love this like retro feel that we're getting with Lando. And that new picture of him too with the the shrimp dude. Oh yeah, the penis looking guys, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. If Lando is not the best dressed, like there must be some amazing costumes yeah i'm thinking maybe from that space club bar thing that they're at we're gonna see some cool costumes because the gold lady is already like really golden i like the gold lady and 
trying to think of like what other places we would see some people. You know, even like maybe Han has some nice out. Well, yeah, I can't say that with positivity, but maybe like Kira has some really cool because that ca- I, I can't say that cape because I, I, I love Mendo. I, I, like, I appreciate I in this cape. podcast right now. And I don't think <laughs> this episode. No, I'm just saying that she has a nice cape. Like I like the red. Like red's my favorite color. I, I, I really, I just admire her cape. It's a nice cape, but nothing is superior to Mendo <laughs> because Mendo is is the king of all capes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So, please don't take me out the podcast. Anyways, <laughs> no, um. Also, we find out about his relationship with Elf 337, which I want a nickname for this droid because I'm just, I'm tired. I'm already tired of calling her Elf 337. Okay, I mean, are we going to call her L3 or are we going to call her 37? I feel like we got to call her L3. L3. Okay. L3. <laughs> now let's just call her 37. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, L3. So, like, We'll get into, like, her article about, like, apparently she talks about, or they talk about how she's, like, self-made. But Lando says, like, they both kind of bond because they're both self-made and that's how they get each other. Yeah. And he also, he also calls it lovingly contentious. So I'm I'm assuming we're going to get some good, like, stuff of them sort of poking at each other. Hopefully. I've been seeing a lot lately about, like, oh, like, this movie is going to explain why Han doesn't like droids because he hates 3PO. Like, I hope, because everyone's like, well, how is his relationship going to be with L3? And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't think that he's, like, going to hate her. I don't think he really hated 3PO. I just think he was annoyed with 3PO like everyone else yeah, was. Yeah, you wouldn't be annoyed by 3PO. 3PO is annoying as shit. And I like 3PO, but goddamn. <laughs> huh. Huh. Well, yeah. Then uh, we got some insight on um, Donald Glover and Billy Dee's um, meetings, or like they met up together and talked about some things. And he got guidance from Billy Dee, and so he was talking about how you know he was like asking asking Billy Dee some questions, like you know how Star Wars is such a big deal. And, like, how he felt or how, like, he acted being, like, the first black guy in the universe. And just asking, like, how do you get into that? What were your thoughts? I thought that was, like, really interesting that he got that or he asked those questions to Billy D and the answers that he probably got. Yeah. And he, and he talks about um, the advice that, that Billy D gave him was, was to sort of try to not take that on and to make... I mean, at least mm-hmm. in terms of the character, to just make the character a real person. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's like really good advice. I'm, you know, it's it's interesting with Lando because it's like we still don't know so much about him. Like, you know, like he talks about how, like, you know, he's really interested about, like, you know, or at first when he found out he was going to be Lando, that you know he wanted to dive deep into like how the character was when he was younger. So I don't know like how different he's going to be when he was younger versus like Cloud City Lando. 
Like we're going to see the probably that evolution of him or he's going to start off, you know, a little more innocent rather than, hey, we're friends one moment. But the next, like, my ass is in trouble. I'm turning you in. Well, it wasn't just his ass that was in trouble. It was the whole city that was in trouble. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, when we meet Lando, he's a guy in charge of an entire city. Mm-hmm. And and that's not who he's going to be in this movie. So I'm interested to see who he is. Like I, I really I really want to know where Lando came from. Yeah. The origins of Lando. I would love to see something like polar opposite, obviously, of like what you know he was in um empire like someone just very like innocent someone who you know goes by well he's not going to go by the rules because he's already in woody harrelson's space crew so and i mean look at that look at that photo of him at the gambling (laughs) table like that is not the smile of an innocent kid yeah that's true that is that is like i mean similar probably to, to young Han in terms of cockiness and and like sh- self-assurance and breaking the rules because you don't think they apply to you. Well, who do you think's more cocky, him or Han? Uh, I mean, <sighs> overall, I think Han... I mean... The whole, I'm going to be the best pilot in the universe sort of shit. Yeah. Maybe Lando's just more, like, self-aware. Maybe. I don't know. But, yeah. This was a fun little article getting to know all these characters. I'm loving these, like, interviewing the people. Because we didn't really get much of that for the Last Jedi articles. It was just more of, like, Ryan Johnson... And then every now and then we hear from Daisy and Mark and other characters. Like, we didn't actually get, like, in-depth, like, interviews, if mm-hmm. I'm not. So, this was interesting. Just hearing about them and hearing, like, the little information they can say about the movie. Because, obviously, like, you know, they're, they're saying just a little bit, but we still have no idea what's going to happen. But we are getting to know the characters a little more. So, that's that's great. All right. So... The next one is um, Solo Speaks. Alden Eckreich, don't know how to pronounce his name. I'll work on it. On creating a portrait of scoundrel the young man. And uh, they talk about, you know, like, or Breslin asks, all right, so, like, are you Orlando? Are you friends? Enemies? Whatever. And he's like, it's very hard to answer without giving things away. So what does that mean? Well, I would think, I mean, especially if this movie takes place over however many years, maybe we're going to see them encountering each other, like, throughout that time. And so I would assume that their relationship would evolve. Yeah, you know, there's a possibility, too, that, like, when they meet for the first time, like, they know of each other, and mm-hmm. they never met. And they can be like, oh, I've heard of you, and, like, bad, like, they start off as kind of enemies. But, or, you know, they could start off just, like, really hitting it off, like, you know, like, 
two just cocky guys meet up and they're like meant for each other. Like we're going to see like that bromance in a way. But then again, it's like he already has Chewbacca. So maybe like they start off just like not liking each other. But oh my God, if he hates Lando, just imagine how Chewie's going to react. Oh man. I don't know though. I mean, until the like shit went down, like Chewie seemed okay with him. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Chewbacca? I swear to God, it's my it's my favorite line in Star Wars, and it's the only it is the only line I would feel acceptable to be repeated in this Han Solo movie. Oh, it definitely will be. I I normally hate those callbacks. We all have heard how I feel about a certain line. I'm not going to say that's in every goddamn movie. But how you doing, Chewbacca? Donald Glover saying that would make me so happy. (laughs) Oh, Chewbacca. Chewbacca. So we also get just like a little inside of what was Han like before the movie. And I mean, we kind of like figured out like, you know, just that, you know, he's independent. He's an orphan. Like he calls his own shots. Like just normal stuff that, you know, we would kind of assume. Like I feel like, you know, a lot of people have been saying that he's going back to what, you know, the expanded universe Han Solo was like. But I feel like they're grabbing influences from that and adding like his own spin and uh, Ron Howard and plus he talked to Harrison Ford so he's obviously getting like okay like this is how Han Solo was and this is how I think he's gonna be when he's younger so it's just a mixture of all those different things yeah I mean it, it says that he's more like of an idealist which I think is really interesting because that's Definitely not the the Han that we saw in the OT. But, I mean, if that's the story of this, this, you know, more of an idealist, optimistic kid who becomes the Han we meet, then I think that's actually really cool. Yeah, it would be interesting, too, that, you know, he... He has, like, it says that he has, like, certain dreams he follows. Like, what if, like, one of the dreams that he had was to join, like, the Imperial art because he was kicked out for having a mind of his own? Like, what if, like, that was, like, something that he generally wanted to do was, you know, be uh, whatever he was in um, the Empire? Yeah. And and somebody who who thought... That meant one thing and finds out that the reality is very different and becomes disillusioned. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the only thing that I could see like him, like his turning point is having to do with like Chewbacca or something or, you know, facing reality, the reality that, hey, like the Empire's not like all good. Like they're kidnapping Wookiees or something or whatever they because that's how I guess in the expanded universe, like how him and Chewbacca became friends or something was like he rescued Chewbacca and the whole life depth thing, which I have a feeling that we'll probably see again, but. Ugh, I hate, like, speculating. You know, it's like, you know, obviously, like, I'm like, okay, like, I think this is going to happen, but it's like, 
I don't want to be like, oh, like this is going to happen. And then like I kind of like speculate it and I kind of set my mind on it and I see the movie and I'm like, oh, that wasn't what I thought. Like I almost wish I was like, I have no thoughts at all. <laughs> I don't know. I just as long as as long as you don't get into the mindset of this is what has to happen. <laughs> nah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not that extreme. Like I'm excited for this movie, but I'm not like this is going to be the greatest movie of all time. And this is, you know, like I like Han Solo and I never like, I was never a Han Solo person. Like I was a Luke Skywalker girl and or a Skywalker family girl. Like I, I love me the Skywalker. So it's like, I like Han Solo too. And I'm excited that we're going to get to know more about his origins and plus Chewbacca's and Lando's and all these new characters. But like, I, you know, I don't feel like a massive like connection to this movie. Yeah, and it's not a bad thing, but like I'm still excited for it. But I don't feel like a really like I almost feel like the saga stories are more like my like I get really excited for it because I want to know like this whole like big story. But like this is kind of like not like part of the story, but this is like a little like little chapter. But <sighs> oh no, I didn't really get much from that Alden interview other than you know just him talking about Han and just like Anthony Presica and trying to be like please tell me this <laughs> which is funny but yeah we still don't know anything about Han or just like though like I can't tell you but we find out a little more about Amelia Clark I almost feel like Amelia Clark is like a little more open and we're like ah here you go but I love her she's great but yeah and her her interview which, like, the article is titled, uh, Emilia Clark says her Star Wars femme... I can't read. Star Wars femme fatale has a core of femme steel. Fatale. Femme fatale. I always pronounce that wrong. Because I don't know how to pronounce things. But, yeah, this says that she's a woman of shadow secrecy and she's a woman of many identities. <laughs> Truest ones hidden away from only visible for those she trusts. Which made me no one. She trusts no one. I love that. She doesn't want her full resume out there. She's also one of the primary forces that shape the young smuggler we meet in Solo a Star Wars story. I mean, that could be for good or for ill. Yeah. Well, I mean... Like, I almost feel like, you know, she gives it away and um, Bresican asks, like, this film will get, will this film, like, give us a reason why he doesn't talk about her, why Han doesn't talk about her. And she says, well, something must have happened to affect him as a person. And she's like, twist happen and there's a great idea of trust. And she's just like, I don't know, anything could happen. Like, I don't know, like, I almost feel like she, like, we know that something's gonna happen and it's gonna affect him so much that either, like, he's going to resent her forever or she died or something. And like he met, she meant a lot to him. Like there's just so much you can take from that. And especially yeah. since she's like the primary forces that shape a young Han Solo. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely could go either way on that. I mean, it, it, there's, there's so many ways that you could interpret that bit of the interview. Yeah. Yeah, and even like she says that they grew up to, as pals together. 
and that there's obviously a romantic side of things. So I don't know. I feel like the the romantic inside of me, like the deep down, like once kind of like a romance. I don't, I can't, I, I can't do it. I can't, I like, I know he's a kid in this movie, but it, it romance, like sure, like hooking up like with women and like flirting with women, fine. But actual romance, I can't see Han with anybody else. I can like in the past, but it's like I know that Princess Leia this is like one and truly, you know, but you know, you have to think that Han Solo like had someone like there was someone else. It, it depends how serious it is. Like I'm like it just needs to be like a, a more casual thing. And I think that's one of the reasons that that he has such a uh, like strong reaction to Leia is because that is that is something he's not used to. Yeah, maybe it's you know she gives in and Leia. Or I'm trying to think of like how like Kira and Leia. Well, obviously it's Princess Leia. Like no one can be Princess Leia. So. Trying to think of like how, but I don't know. Like they grew up together too. Like that, you know, that's a bond right there. You know, yeah, it is a bond, but it's also one that doesn't because it says it. It says there is obviously the romantic side of things, but they grew up together, so they were kids together, and so maybe that sort of stops the romance thing from ever becoming like super powerful and here's the thing you can talk about in real life yes people fall in love with more than one person in their lifetime but movies aren't real life yeah and i i i can't accept han solo like loving anybody but leia that's fair or at least don't put it on screen and expect me to root for it. Like, if it's, like, backstory mentioned in a book somewhere, okay. But. Yeah, I can see a lot of problems with that. Like, putting that in the movie and then, like, her dying or something. And then a bunch of people being, like, oh, like, what if she never died? Like, oh, or, like, or people being, like, he should have been with her versus her. But it's, like, uh, we don't need that. No. But. Hopefully it will be something that everyone can understand, like why or how Kira shaped Han. Instead of like, I don't know, like, I just don't want any like negatives like to her character. Like, I don't want uh, Star Wars to like bring her in this universe and then like, you know, people just like shitting on her or like her doing something like awful. But, you know, that might happen. You never know. Well, I don't know. Um, here, let's go to uh, the next article. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's solo character is a self-made droid with a moxie. She's self-modified droid, says Kasdan. Uh, she says, the idea is that she's sort of a mutt of various parts of different kinds of droids who have improved upon herself. So, like, I like that. So she's just, like, a bunch of different parts, like, put together, and that's L3. And she's a complete individual in the galaxy. 
Yeah, it's a, and he, he goes down and says, we wanted to have a completely different kind of droid than you've ever seen in the movies, and we definitely wanted it to be female. We thought it was more than time for that. Um, as somebody who loves Phoebe Waller-Bridge, like, this is going to be a really funny droid. Like, she's going to be awesome. Yeah, I love this. You know, Lemuela Clark says something, too, you know, just about Kira, but it also applies to L3. You know, she says, Han Solo is only surrounded by strong women. (laughs) Which, hell yeah. But, no, like, I'm... I, I never thought I'd be, like, really excited for a droid in Star Wars, but I've never seen... What show is that she's on? Why or not? It's something called something. The one on Amazon, I think? Uh, Fleabag? Fleabag. Which she also which she also wrote. Like, she created that show. Shit. And, I mean, I think it was actually based on, like, a, a stage show she did. But it is without a doubt like one of the m- most brutally funny shows i've ever seen <laughs> i need to watch that i need to add that to my my watch list behind dark crystal and seinfeld and that other david <laughs> bowie movie but the thing about it is it's it's brutal in a way that a lot of like w- comedy headlining women generally hasn't been allowed to be and i i put this with sort of um with like broad city and that it's a comedy that really lets women be crude and like openly sexual without sexualizing them and it's also i mean it's just really funny but then we'll occasionally hit you with like this super emotional pathos. Like she's so such an unhealthy character. And ugh, there's going to be another season, but it might not be until next year. Mm. And that makes me want to stab things because I want this show <laughs> on right now. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm glad. God, like that sounds awesome. Like I definitely, I want to check that. I want to check that show out because honestly, like just the, the amount of information I've heard about her is just overly or just wonderfully positive. And it's only like it's only like six episodes. Oh, really? Shit. Yeah, it's you know it was originally a BBC show, which doesn't do you know it's not like the American twenty-two episode sitcom. Oh shit. I could easily get into that then. I can do that tomorrow before I go to my classes. Yeah, I think I watched it all in a day. Yeah, I I do that with shows. Like, I did that with Stranger Things and, you know, like those easy, quick couple episodes, less than 10. Like, I did that with with, uh, Big Little Lies. trying to think what else I did that with. I do that with a lot of, like, really short things. Because it's just, it's like, it's more convenient. The binge system for shows. No, but it's interesting because, you know, she talks about how, you know, she has a working relationship with Lando and sophisticated and informed by years of working together. So, like, they, her and Lando, or L3 and Lando, like, they, they've known each other for a while. Because at first I was thinking that she was Kira's 
Yeah, because we see her, like, mm-hmm. walking behind her in the scene with the cape and everything. Yeah. So maybe, like, that's going to be where or inspires Lando's humor is hanging out with this droid so much with this. Obviously, we're going to see, like, humor from her, too, probably dry, because, you know, I think of, like, other droids, like, um, K2SO had just this, like, very standoutish humor. So, like, she's... Yeah, they're, like, super sarcastic. So I can't even imagine, like, what she's going to be. She's going to be sarcastic, dry, humor. I can't even imagine what else. Like, I'm just so excited to... Because we're obviously going to get a moment in, like, the next trailer where she's going to say something and it's going to be, like, the funniest thing. Yeah, I'm really really excited to actually hear from her. Yeah, I don't know what her voice sounds like, so, like, I'm excited for that. But, you know, I'll probably watch that show before the next trailer that we get, which I don't even know when that's going to be. Like, that's probably going to be in, like, the next, like, month or two. Like, I could guess, like, March, maybe? Oh, wait, shit, it's already February, so... I don't know. Sometime when Good Morning America will be like, oh, yeah, by the way, or something. Huh, well... I love that they talk about how, like, she's hilarious and the effect that she'll appear was amazing. Like, the CGI is going to be great. Her humor and physicality. If you meet Phoebe, she's one of the, those people you just fall in love with immediately. I love it. Yeah, I think I think after Lando, she's the thing I'm most excited for in this movie. Yeah, her and Lando. Like... I'm excited for Han, but it's not like, oh my god, Han Solo. Like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, cool, it's Han. But anyways, we um, have the next article, which talks about just like three characters, uh, Tobias, Val, and Dryden Voss. And it's a rogue gallery. I lined up the three outlaws from Solo, Star Wars story. And we kind of get a glimpse of Tobias and Han, I guess, kind of forces himself into Woody's life, says Kasdan. And it starts as a relationship that's enormous impact to what kind of person Han would be. So, again, another person who impacts Han. Now, I, I was reading, too, that, like, I guess, like, Tobias's character was, like, inspired by, like, a Treasure Island or something or a character in Treasure Island. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And sort of, like, being the big criminal who who teaches mm-hmm. Han. Yeah. Because screenwriters Lawrence and John Kasdan both reread um, Treasure Island before diving into the script, looking at a cre- or looking to create similar mentor slash apprentice relationships to the pirate Long John Silver and young Jim Hopkins. In that story, Silver was a scoundrel who had been around circles for a while without any success to his name. He's a very tough criminal. And Woody is not just that. Yeah, I mean, Woody Harrelson. Like, cool. Tobias. I like his name. Tobias Beckett. Like, I can see that being, like, kind of like this, like, asshole-ish mentor. But I feel like a lot of people in this film are going to be assholes. So I hate, like, I feel like that adjective could be, like, given to, like, anyone. Because, like, we should be seeing Han as, like, kind of an asshole. Because we can't go from just, like, seeing, like, 
good and faithful or not Lando. Lando's not the star of the movie, unfortunately. I keep calling this like it's going to be Lando, a Star Wars story, but it's actually Solo. No, but kind of forgot what I was going to say, but oh well. Um, so we also get Val and she's part of the criminal family that Han gets involved in and she's not impressed with um, Han <laughs> at all. Yeah, I mean, which makes sense if he's this, you know, cocky kid who got kicked out of the Imperial Academy and sort of forces, especially if he's like forcing himself into this gang. Yeah. And, you know, another quote, she's a little skeptical of this kid when she meets him and her relationship with him goes in, I think, an interesting direction. Hmm. Another. Another. This is what's going to happen, but we're not going to tell you. Well, I mean, that's sort of the point of these interviews. Exactly. But, I mean, Fanny Newton's going to be awesome. Um, I, I hope she actually, like, really gets some stuff to do in this movie. Yeah, I hope so, too. I mean, she's she's barely in any of the, the trailers that we got. She's not on the poster. Yeah... I I have my worries because it's like I kind of think that, you know, these three characters, like they're the more minor because like they each are like a, like in their own little like parts of the can't think of the article. But then again, like we could find out like a lot more information about these characters that's going to like blow our minds or something or like plot to us like one of these people are going to be like the villain of the story. Yeah. So you never know. And then we get a new character, uh, Dryden Voss, played by Paul Bettany. And they made sure to tell us he's not related to Quinlan Voss, and that's just a common name. But I guess he's a successful crime boss, the godfather. (laughs) Debonair and sophisticated hoodlum. We've seen the sleazy take on a gangland chief with Jabba the Hutt, but Voss will give us the handsome version of a figure who has found great success by breaking the rules, but isn't the kind to get his hands dirty. <laughs> um, and, here, and then they go on. It's a sort of combination of class and swagger and real danger, which I think is a fun thing, and he absolutely inhabits it. He's way deeper in the crime world than anyone else we meet in the movie. And okay, honestly, as soon as I read this, I'm like, ah, fuck, this is the guy that I'm going to have a crush on in this movie. (laughs) I know, like, I was like looking, I was like reading over these articles this morning, and like, I saw that picture of him, and I'm like, damn, he's not that bad looking. No, Pop Annie's a good looking dude. He is. He's, um, he's the guy who voices Jarvis. Yes. Then is he also the other guy or no? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay, so I have something to look forward to in uh, Infinity War. Great. Yeah, he's he's nice looking. Then the little picture of him and Ron Howard. <laughs> Ron Howard just looks like the nicest guy in the world. Like, he just looks so nice. Then, like, there's that little goat thing. Looks like a goat. You know that picture of them together? Then, like, it shows like a, a goat thing inside, like a little like a 
I'm really bad at explaining things. I should just send you this picture so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, because I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. All right, I'm sending you the picture. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to Voss because that's like that's my favorite kind of bad guy. Really, is the bad guy who can play the upstanding citizen. And sort of keep himself removed from, like, the dirtiness of the underworld. Yeah. I just, ugh. Sort of a combination of the class, swagger, real danger. Danger, danger, danger. Yeah, I hope he's a little bit scary. What if he's, like, really scary, but it's, like, going to be, like, really hot, so it's going to be hard for us to be, like, shit, like, he's supposed to be scary, but, like... I'm attracted to this. Oh, that's that totally does it for me. <laughs> scary just makes it a little bit sexier. Yeah. Was like Mendo scary to you? Uh, Mendo in the trailer was Mendo on the film, wasn't it? It's just sad. I know, because I still remember that first um, image of him. When he's, like, walking through, like, the, the beach in his cape. Yeah. But Mendo is super scary in, like, a lot of other movies. And let me tell you, it does not hurt the attractiveness. <laughs> uh, my brother was watching a movie last night. And I thought I saw Mendo. And I'm like, Rusty, is that Mendo? My mom's like, who's Mendo? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I take it. It I take it. It wasn't Mendo. No, what movie was it? Wasn't. I don't even know. But Ben at Batfleck was in it with a. I forget what it was called, but yeah, I don't think he's ever been in any movies with Batfleck. Ben Affleck, sorry. No, but okay. I sent you that picture of Paul Bettany with the goat thing. Okay, let me look at it. And it really does look like a goat thing. Oh, yeah, that's totally just like a little pygmy goat in a glass case. Yes. Oh, oh too. Um, in the article, we get like um, a zoom in on the very back. Where it looks like a Mandalorian armor. Oh, yeah, that's right. I have seen that picture. I just forgot about it. So the question is. Is it Mandalorian armor? Yes. Do you really think that we'll get Boba Fett in this film? Ugh, who knows? I mean, I don't... I don't think he's a significant part of this movie because I feel like that would have come out by now. Um, unless they just have managed to keep it an like, amazingly huge secret. But I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily discount an appearance or a mention. Yeah. I'm more on betting like the the five or less than five minute airtime or like the or quick Boba Fett in the background or Boba Fett shows up for like five seconds and everyone goes like ah, Boba Fett. Like that's what I think is gonna happen. Because I don't know though, like I I kind of question why does Boba Fett 
have to be part of this? Like what screams Boba Fett about Solo? Like I I don't get that. Like I feel like if it was like another bounty hunter that was supposed to go after Han and Empire Strikes Back, that would be the character that people are going to be like, oh, he's going to be in Solo. Like I just find it weird that like there's this connect. There's always been this like connection or like, oh, if, like if he's in this movie, then he has to be, you know? Yeah, I I don't get it. Whatever. People just really like Boba Fett and they wanted to be in the movie. And maybe maybe because that, you know, maybe because that Boba Fett, Josh Trank movie got scrapped. <laughs> Good times. But no, nah, it's like I don't I don't not like Boba Fett. Like I'm okay with him, but it's like I never really understood like the hype on Boba Fett. But that's just me. I mean, it's awesome that you like him. Like he's a he seems like a good bounty hunter. I guess other than getting eaten by the Sarlacc. Well, no, he's he's really he's really shitty at his job. Yeah. Like all we see him do in the movie is fail. That's a good point. Like, and how he falls into the Sarlacc pick too. Like, God, man. Like, ah. Like, damn, dude. Could have gone better gracefully. Like, I know you're probably scared of the giant sand monster, but come on, man. You got to put your game face on. I don't know. That, yeah, just the death of Boba Fett. Like, I know that George obviously killed him because it's like, eh, he was an unimportant. He thought that he was an unimportant character, just a side character. But, well, that's the end of it. Like, he was just a side character that people were like, oh, Boba Fett, we love you. So, like, that's. Yeah, it was. It was basically completely fan created hype that then you know became more in the um in the eu yeah i remember watching the star wars holiday special and they had that like little animated segment where like uh Oh, Chewy Han are on this planet and Luke goes to save him and then he meets like Boba Fett. And I forget like that whole story was about, but I remember like we got to know like Boba Fett a little bit. And like he was like, Oh, like we're friends, cool. And then like Luke realizes that he was the one that like kind of tried to capture Han and Chewie. And then like Chewie was like kind of like trying to hint at it the whole time that Boba Fett was a bad guy. And then like the very end of it was like Luke was like, "How'd you know?" And then he goes like, eh, and Chewbacca's or no, and three PO was like, "Oh, he said that he smelled weird. <laughs> That's how he knew." <laughs> oh, Chewbacca. But anyways, um, we have a next article which is Ron Howard, a Star Wars story: Why the Oscar winner joined Solo in his time of appeal. Um, we basically get, you know, just some quotes on, from Kathy about uh, Laura Miller just talking about, like, I thought these guys were hilarious. They come from background of animation and sketch comedy. When you are making these movies, you can do that. And there's plenty of room for improv. We do that all the time. But it had to be inside a highly structured process or you can't get the work done. You can't move armies of people to anticipate and having things ready. So literally came down to the process, just getting it done. So obviously these guys improved a lot. Lucasfilm didn't like that. And they were like, sorry, like we, we don't agree on what you guys are doing. You gotta go, which Yeah. Sucks, but it happened. I don't know. I mean, at this point, like it doesn't matter. Yeah, like I'm very surprised that they 
touched up on that. Like, I almost think that they would kind of try to, you know, move away from, oh, yeah, by the way, this happened and go to, oh, but this is happening. Awesome. But, you know, I respect that, that they were like, all right, like, this is what happened. Like, I definitely I trust Kathleen Kennedy and like Lucasfilm. Even though they made some mistakes. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, creative differences, they happen. Like, you know, that's okay. I mean, like, I'm happy that we have Ron Howard. Like, I feel like he's done this movie well and he's put a lot into it. And, you know, he even he talks about, like, you know, they ask, like, oh, how much did he take over? And he's like, just like what Han says, don't tell me the percentages. Never tell me the percentages. <laughs> he's funny. No, but also, which is interesting, I guess, like, George went on set. I believe it was, like, Ron Howard's, like, first day that he was on set. And um, they thought that George would, like, stay there, just, like, say hi. But he was there for, like, a good, like, four or five hours. And I guess, like, there was a moment, too, where um, there was a scene on the Falcon, and George was like, why doesn't Han just do this? And I guess, like, he kind of helped, which was kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. They don't, I mean, obviously they're not saying what the scene is, but. I feel like we'll, do you think that we'll know which scene exactly, like, when it happens? Or it will be, like, one of those things where, where, like, someone will be like, oh, this is when it happened. And we'll have to go back and be like, oh, okay, I get it. Well, I mean, if it stands out at all, then this movie has failed. (laughs) Because it's, if it's one scene, you shouldn't be able to tell that that happened. I guess. But they'll hopefully, like, hopefully right after the movie comes out, they'll tell us because otherwise we got to deal with the fucking speculation about it for, you know, months until we get a Blu-ray commentary or something. Yeah, I I wonder why George, like, well, obviously, like, George or Ron Howard probably have, like, a really, like, a close-ish relationship. Like, I wonder why, like, George never really, like, got into it on, like, the other sets of movies. Because, like, he was on the set of Rogue One. I'm not sure if he ever went to the set of The Last Jedi or The Force Awakens, but I don't ever recall, like, a moment where, like, he was, like, talking, but either, like, he tried to suggest something and, like, they were like, no, George, we're good. Because I remember hearing about that with The Force Awakens and him going on the red carpet basically saying, like, this isn't my movie. I had nothing to do with this. But I, I don't know what to believe with those stories. Well, look, at the end of the day, they're not his movies. Exactly. And it's one thing, like, if he and Ron are friends, that's a much different, like, time to make a suggestion than, like, making it on the suggestion of a director who you don't know. Yeah. That's true, too. I almost think, too, that, like, I don't know, like, if I was, you know, if I looked up to someone and, like, they were checking on my work and, like, if they, like, made a suggestion, like, I would not be offended at all if I was, like, okay, like, yeah, like, thanks for the suggestion, you know, but that's true, too, that, you know, him and Ron are probably friends. I don't know, because, like, I don't know the relationship between them. Like, I know that, like, you know, he did Willow and he was also in American Graffiti, which, they, you know, they talk about, too, that when they were working on it, he George was telling him, oh, I'm working on this thing that's like Citizen Kane or something or other movie. No, it was, um, oh, what was the other movie name? Oh, Flash Gordon. He was like, yeah, it's kind of like Flash Gordon, but in space, or he said something like that. 
I don't know. I haven't seen Flash Gordon. Well, Flash Gordon is in space. Oh, I was going to say Flash Gordon's probably in space. <laughs> Mm-hmm. but yeah that was an interesting article just talking about they did like kind of timelines of like okay like this is when this happened and then like oh like this is when ron howard came and you just like talked about the movie i don't know like i feel like like ron's like really like invested in this movie which like you know obviously it's hard to get into a movie that you know you start so late but it's cool to see that you know he's put a lot of thought into this and thought and creativity and time but obviously, you know, a lot of directors do that. But, you know, you see a lot of movies where, like, directors, like, aren't, like, just, like, they're doing it just to, like, you know, get money or something or, you know, to make it be successful, like James Cameron or whatever. Fuck that guy. But well, I'd say James Cameron is very, very invested in his movies to their detriment. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, is he, like, invested in his movies, too, because like, he wants to make a profit and he wants to make, like them successful um or like i the think best i think ever. i think his obsession with avatar shows that's not w- what he cares about i mean yeah avatar like made the most money of any movie ever but the fact that he still wants to do these other avatar movies when nobody else wants avatar movies yeah like don't get me wrong i think james cameron sucks but he made some great fucking movies and now he makes bullshit but yeah, I I have not seen those movies. I don't think I will. Like, I went to Pandora Land at Disney, and I was like, what the fuck is this? But, and there's going to be more of them. <sighs> yeah, no one wants this. Like, I, that's interesting that he really, like, wants to continue this. And, like, no one else really wants to or cares to but him. But, oh, well, I guess, like, whatever makes you happy. I mean, look, if you're fucking billionaire and you can make whatever movie you want and who cares if anybody else likes it yeah it's true oh well the last um article that we're gonna talk about is um how harrison ford was a convert advisor to solo star wars story and he gave advice to ron to alden and basically to ron he was just saying like um, or how, or Ron was asking him like what Harrison had learned from or about the character, which I think it's interesting that, you know, usually like people ask about, you know, the characters, you know, like, oh, like what, what are they like? But like just learning how, you know, he learned from everything or how he went from A to B. Mm hmm. And uh, he says, uh, he said that Han is always torn between the sense that he was in a way an orphan and therefore both the connection to people and struggle with that at the same time. I thought that was pretty interesting. So again, with like the orphan and I, in Harrison too, you know, he thought he had a pretty clear idea who Han was and, you know, he was an orphan, only cared about himself, you know, like struggled with connecting with people. So we're definitely going to... Now, it says, it says in a way, an orphan. In a way, yeah. Which means probably just, like, his parents were really shitty, and he, like, ran off or something. I can't even imagine, like, seeing Han Solo's parents, though. Because I, I feel like... I don't, I don't want to. I feel like, you know, too, that's just me imprinting that in my brain that 
I don't want to see Han Solo's parents, and it's going to be weird for me on screen to see that. But then again, like I'm not going to let that affect like me seeing the movie. But that's just like me being like, this is weird. I don't think I want this. Yeah. Like I'm not look. I'm not saying it can't be done well. Anything can be done well. But in terms of things, I feel I need seeing Han Solo's parents is definitely not on that list. I can't even imagine, like, what they would be like, too. Like, obviously, they'd be, like, shitty. Like, they'd be, like, Roy's parents who just sell her for drinking money. But, you know, then again, I'm excited that we're getting this different side of Han. You know, he left the Empire. And we're going to see, like, how, you know, he connects with Finn in a way. You know, because we're probably going to see the connection of them. Like, we'll get it. Because, obviously, like, Finn defected and so did Han. So... I'm wondering how his time in the Empire is going to be, too. Like, if it was all positive or if it was just, like, something happened and he's like, well, what the fuck am I doing, you know? Yeah, I mean, from what we know of Han, it seems like it'd just be more of a, you know, doesn't want to listen to other people, which doesn't play so well in the Empire. But, I mean, who knows who Han is as a kid, Exactly. And then um, just some more stuff that Ron Howard says. Uh, Han survived and proven that he can survive, but he's never sure as quite smart as he needs to be. Howard said, recalling the conversation, change that. He's not really smart. That's not the word he used. Han's not on top of it as he needs to be. So he wants to give the appearance of, but in fact, he's often scrambling. I think Harrison played that beautifully. And Alden and I talked both about these ideas a lot. <sighs> yeah, that's definitely something we see a lot in the OT is is Han pretending that he has everything under control. But he doesn't. <laughs> uh, he's just full of shit. Like, I just always think of that moment where he's, like, running into that room with the stormtroopers, then he just screams. Yeah, it's great. It's one of my favorite Han moments. What's your favorite Han moment? Um, I mean, pretty much I love every Han moment. I mean, I love the whole cantina scene because it's such a great introduction to a character. That is. But I don't know. I kind of, <laughs> I'm really curious as to what this conversation was actually like in terms of like ha- how much of a like spin Ron Howard is putting on this conversation and maybe it's not at all, but I just, I have such a hard time picturing Ford, like really sitting down and having a conversation about this character that he's been done with for 40 years. You know, they're probably friends too, because they did that movie together. Like they probably have so I almost think, too, that Harrison would open up a little bit more. Like, I know that he's very done with it, but still, like, he still has conversations about Han. Well, I almost feel like forcefully, but, like, you know, they even say in the article, too, like, you know, it's – or what they say? They said something like, oh, like, it's hard to say that Harrison is really done with Solo or, like, really, like, brushed off. You know, like, he doesn't care about the character. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe he has softened some, or maybe he was fucking high. 
Um, I mean, dude smokes. <laughs> no, dude smokes a lot of pot. Um, oh, I know that. <laughs> That's why I was laughing because I'm like, yeah, because literally, like all the when I was reading the Princess Diaries, like literally, like all the times I hung out, like they were all high. <laughs> but I mean, who knows? Hmm. Yeah, but you know, then again, like you know, they end the article just saying like um, Harrison Ford is really Han Solo. Like basically, Harrison Ford—that's like who he is. So I almost feel like they take conversations from Harrison and they kind of, you know, reflect that onto Han Solo. Yeah, I'd have to say, like, even if you are, like, even if you are rather done with a character and want to move on with your life, it's still got to be pretty strange. To have somebody coming in as a young version of you. Yeah, he must, he plays it off like he doesn't give a shit, but I know like deep down he probably was like, oh, okay. Well, even if you don't like, and I think, I think him, him not giving shit is probably fairly genuine. But in terms of like, you know, you're going to be constantly asked about it because it's all like, it's always going to come up. When this movie gets mentioned. Yeah. That Han Solo is Harrison Ford. And so, I mean, you have to give some thought to it just because you're going to get asked about it all the time. Yeah, that's true. God, for the past, like, I can't imagine, like, you know, he's been asked about this character just so many times for the past, like, 40 years. Like, how, like, done with it he must be. You know, well, especially when, especially when you're an actor who has worked <laughs> extensively, when when you you have a, a career that has seen a lot of other successful films, I would imagine it's actually really frustrating. Yeah, yeah, he's done so many like other films. He's played other parts. People just keep asking about like the three same people. Um, Indiana Jones, Han, and whoever he played in Blade Runner, Jack Ryan. Are you? F- are you? F- was that just to annoy me? <laughs> I have. I have. Deckard. Wa- I Deckard. I haven't watched Blade Runner. I'm sorry. Okay, but you know that Jack Ryan is not blade runner right (laughs) i know his name is thing i know his name is jack but i forgot his last name suddenly i just heard a bunch of people cringe i can like feel them as they're listening to this just cringe i'm sorry look i can't i can't deal with this because his name, I mean, first of all, no, his name isn't Jack. <laughs> oh, what am I thinking? Well, of? you're thinking of Jack Ryan. <laughs> oh, yeah, his name's Rick. <laughs> Jack Ryan. Sorry. Isn't that the. That's Hunter. That's Patriot Games in Clear and Present Danger. And then now they're doing a TV show with a dude from The Office. I've never, I don't even know where, like, I've never watched, like, any of those. Like, I don't know where the hell I got that name from. That's so weird. Well, you've seen a lot of the Jack Ryan trailers because they've been playing them over and over and over Probably. again. I apologize. Because that's a new, like, Netflix show or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I apologize. 
And there was a big Super Bowl ad for it. Mm. That's probably why that name is in my head. But I mean, that is a yeah, that is a character that Harrison Ford played. Oh, okay, cool. So like, I'm like, I'm not like wrong. Well, I'm still like very wrong, but I'm not like as wrong as I thought I was. But I'm still like really. I mean, wrong. there's a reason. There's, yeah, that you're still really yeah. wrong. Okay, well, that makes me feel like a little better. I'm still sad that I once again I am disappointing you. But I mean, it's not a podcast episode without me disappointing Emily. <laughs> he was played by. Alec Baldwin, Harrison Ford, Ben Affleck, Chris Pine, and now fucking dude from The Office whose name I can never remember. Oh, um, uh, John Jim from J- Jim Halper. Yeah, yeah. John Krasinski, guy who should have, yeah, guy who should have just kept doing comedies and not become like buff action dude because he's not good at it. Yeah. He's in that scary movie where they're all quiet, though. How do you think he'll do in that? Shit, Lee, that movie looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like my, like, my type of film that I would enjoy. I don't think anything he does is really, except for The Office. I forget what else he was in, but... Obviously, it's not important enough for me to remember. He didn't do, like, that good of a job for me to remember. But oh well. (sighs) Well, those were some great articles by the Brez. Who always has a great job. Yeah, I like him. Me too. I liked him at Steele's event in Hollywood. The podcast episode. Talk about The Last Jedi. He seems like a nice dude. Oh, I know. It's awesome. Well, oh, and I decided that I'm going to watch Dark Crystal next week to go over it. Okay, that's fine. So, sit tight and I will watch the movie with all the, not the Muppets, but the, the, the puppets. Is there, like, anyone, like, anyone like David Bowie in it? Like, it's in, like, really dark makeup and shit? No, this movie is, is, is all puppets? Jesus. I want to say. Hmm. And some of them are very scary. Skeksis <laughs> are really scary. Can't wait. But it's good. I got Neil. I'm probably going to watch it again this week because I haven't seen it in a long time. Awesome. That'll be fun. Hopefully there isn't any like Star Wars news that just like jumps out again. There's just been so much with like the the TV show and then like the the streaming service because I guess like Disney was talking about uh, they'll have their streaming service ready in like fall of 2019. Yep. Which 2019 that's when we're getting Episode t- nine, right? Yep, that's crazy. Holy shit! So we'll have the streaming service, episode nine, and then we'll have Dave Filoni's animated series, and we'll have well, like coming soon. Then we'll have another standalone 
possibly Ryan. Jo- God, it's just so much. Like that's not a bad thing, but like shit, a lot's gonna change in like a year. Like who would have thought like a year ago too that like we would be like preparing for not only solo but a bunch of other movies that are in series and TV shows that are going to happen in the near future. There's a lot to, to be looking forward to. Um, hopefully we start to get some actual details on it. Yeah. I hope we find out more about that too i'm excited to see like what brian johnson's trilogy is going to be about too like i just want to know like what exactly he's going to do with it and if it's going to incorporate the jedi or what it's going to incorporate or if it's going to be like thousands of years in the future rather than in the past or where it's going to fit well obviously it's going to never mind it's going to be totally not in the skywalker saga so a whole different ball game i hope so Whatever, Ryan Johnson can do whatever the fuck he wants. I know. I'm, like, looking at my table right now, and I still have, like, ticket stubs from The Last Jedi just, like, scattered on my table. (laughs) Hmm. Oh, that movie's still in theaters. Still in theaters. All right. Um, Do you want to get to our top three this week? Sure. Sounds good. All right. If you have any top three recommendations, you can email us at cantobytepod at gmail.com. We got one from uh, Mick a couple weeks back. And he says, uh, he said, oh, we answered this question about two weeks ago, I believe. And he said, um, he never had read a Star Wars novel, where to start. And we explained to him kind of like, just basically, like, what does he like? Go for that. Whether it's legends or canon, you do you. But he also said, um, what are your top three Star Wars novels? Apologies if this has been covered before. I have terrible memory. No, it hasn't. Love the show. I think we have, like, we've, we've talked about books before, yeah. but, I mean, there have been a couple out since then. Mm-hmm. And I've read a couple more since then. Yeah. Love the show. Cheers, Mick. All right. Emily, what are your top three novels? Um, I'm going to go with, um, the, the Canto Bite book, which was just so much fun. Um, if you haven't read it, it's for novellas that are happening sort of like right before the movie. And it's just, it's such a neat look into what Canto Bite is. And it's really alien heavy, which I liked. Um, like all of the main characters are aliens, basically. And you really get a, an interesting look at the, the inner workings of, you know, a horribly cropped casino planet. And there's, it's just a lot of fun. Um, I liked, I liked, I liked all four of them to varying degrees, but they're all, they're all worth reading. Um, number two is probably Leia, Princess of Alderaan. You know, it's, it's technically a YA book. 
But I think I think it's one that every Star Wars fan should probably take a look at because it's a great look into Leia's character as a teenager and sort of her finding out about the rebellion. Um, and and we get a lot of her parents, which I really liked, and and made me want more of them and sort of their story of of becoming involved and sort of the danger that they put themselves in and doing so um there's quite a bit of holdo in the book and we see a lot more of her of her friendship with leia and if that's something you liked in the movie i highly highly recommend picking up that book and also there's a couple of guest appearances that are a lot of fun, um, including some some Tarkin, which is great. He's really just sort of ominous and scary. And it's fun to see Leia's, uh, look at Leia's history with them and then to go back and watch A New Hope. Um, number one is probably Catalyst. It's it's such a good read. It adds so much depth to not only um, Krennic, but also Galen and and sort of their whole relationship. And it adds so, so, so much to Rogue One to have that background. And And I think just separately, it's a really good book. Hmm. How about you? Um, all right, let me start this off by saying I am a terrible book reader and I have a bunch of Star Wars books and a lot of them I haven't picked up yet because I'm awful. And by my list, you can tell that I'm awful <laughs> because they are the only three books <laughs> I have read. Uh, number three is uh, Darth Plagueis and that's number three because I've only read half of it <laughs> um, I mean I like the beginning of the, 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 the like the first half of the book I mean like Darth Plagueis isn't really someone that I was like really interested in knowing the story of because I mean we get like a short snippet of you know in Revenge of the Sith um, just about the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise and you know, we find out the origins of Palpatine. And I think that's, like, really interesting because that's, that's a character that, you know, I never thought that I would, like, find out more about. Like, you know, we find out about him and his family and how he turned to the dark side and how Plagueis kind of brainwashed him a little. I'd say a little because, like, that's just, he was a really dark man. Like Palpatine was. But uh, that was a interesting first part. Um, my number two is Canto Bite. I really enjoyed Canto Bite. I loved, you know, finding out about, you know, the city and I loved like, you know, the different stories. Um, my favorite was um the first story, which I forget um the person's name, but um, you know, we find out like he was on like a little vacation and like it went wrong and it was just a bunch of like really well well put together stories that I really enjoyed. And um my number one is Forever Still going to be the Revenge of the Sith novel by uh, Matthew Stover. Um, 
I just, I really connected with that book. Like, I just feel like, you know, as a kid, Revenge of the Sith, that was my favorite movie. And I got to read a book about, you know, talking more about like my favorite characters and, you know, Padme and Anakin and just basically like how their relationship definitely or just failed at the very end. You know, we find out just about Padme and like how like she suffered. Like you basically find out just like, you know, obviously, you know, in the movie, she dies with a broken heart, but you kind of see like the process of that in the movie, in the book. And it's just like really heartbreaking. And then you find out just about Anakin, like how much Anakin wanted to do to save her. Like he, in the book, um, he needed access to like the Jedi library, mm-hmm. like the special part to, you know, find out how to save her but he couldn't do that because he had to be a master so you find out that's why he was so fucking pissed when he was given on the council but not the rank of master because that was the whole point was to get access to you know this part of the library so he can help save Padme so you see the mixture of everything and how he turned to the dark side and even like Obi-Wan too like you see how this definitely broke Obi-Wan that you know his brother turned to the dark side and betrayed everyone killed all of his you know all the Jedi all of his friends and it was just a wonderfully written book and it's just really sad like, I don't know if I talk about this a lot, but it's like, I don't like watching Revenge of the Sith a lot anymore because it makes me really mm-hmm. sad, <laughs> which is really, really sad. But oh, well, but yeah, those are my top three or top two and a half. Hmm. Well, thank you, Mick, for the email or for the top three. We have some more top threes, too, that we're going to do. So I'm excited to get to those next week and the week after and so on. Huh, well, let's get to, um, we have a voicemail from no other than King Tom. King of all Toms. And I can't wait. I haven't, usually, like, if I, if we get voicemails, like, I listen to it beforehand, but I haven't listened to this one yet, so I'm excited to hear what King Tom has to say. Let me pull it up. Hey, Brito and Lindo, it's King Tom. So this solo trailer, I am digging it, obviously. Uh, I think it looks fun. It looks like it's a swashbuckling caper set in a world or bunch of worlds that's realistically gritty. It looks like it's going to be a fun movie, but not gritty for like dark and gritty and brooding. None of that stuff. So, I like it. Uh, the most interesting bit we've seen, to me, at least excluding the parts with Lando, are that um, kind of dance club thing with the gold-plated singer and the upside-down frog in the jar. I'm very interested in that. And uh, that, that, that kind of led me to a question I have for you guys. Just a quick question. You know, you guys are a bunch of intergalactic high rollers hanging out at the Canto Bike Casino, but a... Uh, some two people on Fallier's just tore through the town and ruined everything and probably closed the casino for a few weeks. Where do you guys spend your time when the Canto Bike Casino is unavailable? Do you go to the Cantina on Mos Eisley? Do you go to that uh, sports bar type place on Coruscant from <laughs> Attack of the Clones? Do you go to Maz's Castle? Or do you go to this weird but funky new club? I would go with the club from Solo, but that's just me. Um, also, Dex's Diner probably get some good food there, but I don't know. The club seems like it'd be more fun. Anyway, thanks for listening and thanks for the great podcast. Love that episode with uh, Emily's dad. I thought it was it was a fun listen. 
Um, but yeah, thanks. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys say. Talk to you later. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Tom actually sent this last week, like when we were asking people for their solo reactions. But we we ended up recording earlier than we normally do. And so it came in after we were done. But I'm glad that we have this because I always love to hear what Tom has to say. Oh, me too. <laughs> He's so creative. I love it. Ah, where Emily? Uh, well, well, Emily, not where Emily. <laughs> um, where? So Canto Bite is destroyed. Where do you go? Well, I mean, we know from the Canto Bite book there are other places to hang out on Canto Bite, including some really nice sounding spas. Yeah. But if we're talking about like locations that we've seen in the movies, not most Isley, because that place is dirty and scary. And unless you're like super <laughs> into slumming it, like I would, I would not go from Canto Bite to there. Um, I like a good diner, um, but I'm not, I'm not crazy about ethnic stereotypes, so I'm gonna skip Dex's Diner. Um, I think I gotta go with the club that we see in. The solo trailer. I mean, in real life, like the human version of that, fucking hate the clubs. Don't know. Very uncomfortable in them. But cool gold, like dancer alien woman and weird, like fish frog in a jar and all sorts of like sexy looking aliens hanging out. Yeah, I could get down for that. That's fair. All right. So. My game plan. So when the fathers destroy Canto Bite, and you see that little creature, or uh, Mark Hamill's little character, like, swimming in money, that is me. <laughs> I will take as much as I can and not go to just one place. I would go to multiple places. I would go to Maz's castle. Well, wait. Mazel's castle is destroyed. So scratch that. That's sad because I love that area. Like, I love the green. I love the water. Green water. I'm in. I would probably, I was going to say I was going to go there and go to the space bar that we see in the solo trailer. It just seems like a good time. Like, I just, there's something like almost, I, I like just the costuming from like, um, from, uh, Amelia Clark. Like, it just it seems like regal. Like, it just seems like I can like grab like a glass of wine and feel classy. Like, that's me. Like, that's my aesthetic. Just like her, like, her costume just looks like so beautiful, like black, and she has like the gold, and then her hair is curled. Like, that is like th that is what I want to be. <laughs> oh, and maybe that's where Paul Bettany's bad guy hangs out. Yeah, me and him will be in the refresher. No, no, I'm kidding. But um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that he bangs people in refreshers. He's more of a classy man. Yeah, he probably has like a private like room at the club. Like, like a VIP VIP area. 
It might even be his club. That's fascinating. You know what? That might be. That might be his club. I like that. I like that idea. But, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, other places, like, I'd want to go. Like, I probably, like, I want to check out Curzant because, like, I just – something, like, screams, like, sports bar about it. Well, obviously, like, they're playing, like, you know, like, pod racing and different sports. And I'm like, yeah, I can do a nice, like, sports bar. Like, I don't watch sports, but I appreciate a good sports bar. I don't know. Cloud City probably has some nice places to hang out. Ooh. I would be, like, really afraid of, like, getting really drunk on Cloud City, though, because I wouldn't want to trip and fall and die. <laughs> like, I know, like, they probably have, because, like, you're in the clouds, you know? I mean, they must have some, I mean, I was going to say they must have some safety barriers, but a lot of places there should be safety barriers in Star Wars. There are no safety <laughs> barriers. But, I don't know, maybe Lando has a better... Maybe, like, the main accessible parts of the city, like, if you're not having lightsaber duels and shit, maybe it's, a maybe it's like, has safety nets. I don't know, though, because, like, when Luke fell, he had no safety net. Well, yeah, but Luke is, was having a lightsaber battle on a place he was not supposed to be. What? That's, like, where a ship should be parked. What was that place where they were even battling? Wasn't it like a dock? Yeah, but it's like it started off in like the the froze the carbonite chamber, and then it went to like those like different rooms. Like first off, why were those rooms dark? Like you know, obviously, like I know because of the movie, but I'm thinking of like you know if if I were just like in Star Wars, like chilling, and I was like trying to go inside, I was trying to turn something off, and there were these two guys with these space swords just like battling it up. Like what room was that? There's like some railing on the sides. It's the front where there's no railing. It's like a it's like a dock, isn't it? Like a ship dock. Yeah, but where are the ships? Well, there's there's just not one docked there right now. Yeah, that's true. But it seems like you would have like retractable like safety bars that would come up when there's not a ship there. Look, health and safety <laughs> departments on Star Wars are really bad at their jobs. Yeah, I agree. Like, people could fall, they can hurt themselves, like, who's going to be held accountable? I mean, yeah. I mean, look look at the, like, the Death Star or Star Destroyers, like, those are just basically, like, flying death traps. I know, like, like, they must have to sign this, like, extensive waiver saying, like, if this thing blows up, you're all dead and sucks to suck or something. Like, I mean, but it's not even just explosions, but even, like, just walking around. There seems to be all sorts of places where there's just, like, several hundred feet for you to fall to your death. <laughs> Maybe our top three next week should be top three places we would not want to get drunk at in Star Wars. <laughs> Oh my god. No, but you know, I'm thinking about too like Mustafar, like, oh my god, you fall and then you get burnt to death. And then on Tatooine, snow or not snowstorm, a sandstorm could blind you. You know, like there's just like a bunch of different things that like shit. And then like a in on Camino, like if you don't know how to swim, then 
too bad, you know. Like, damn. Well, anyway. Thank you, King Tom, for the, the voicemail. All right. Um, Emily, do you want to read the next email? Yes, let me get the right email account open. This is from Sam. Hi, Sam. And it is, hey, Emily and Brittany. First time running in. Very exciting. I'm really digging the show. Is it odd that we don't know about any... We don't know what any of future movies are about. Looking back, Solo was announced in July of 2015, with Rogue One announced in March of 2015. We've known the basic ideas of these movies two to three years prior to the release. With the recent new movie and TV show announcements, it's odd, in my opinion, that we don't know anything about them whatsoever. Is Disney making these announcements too early or playing it safe and not revealing too many details up front? Thoughts? Thanks, Sam. Um... You know, I was actually just thinking about this the other day, that we have known, like, the other ones for so long, and then suddenly, like, past nine, we don't know anything. Um, Like, we know who's doing movies, but that's all we know. Um, I, I mean, maybe it, maybe it is playing it safe. Um, with with Ryan Johnson and the the... Metanoff wise ones like maybe it's just like we don't know how far in the future those movies are and maybe there's they're they're far enough off that they don't want to give details on the other ones i wonder if it's something like they don't they don't want to go through the josh frank boba fett thing again and i mean there there are movies in development that we don't know about and maybe they're not quite far enough along that they're comfortable announcing it yet or maybe they don't know like if they have like three different standalones in development it could be they're still waiting to to decide which is going to be the next one to go forward and that could be to wait to see like their reactions to to solo and it'll be like we know they have multiple tv shows in development and it could be they don't want to announce one because what happens if they announce one of them and that's one gets scrapped and they decide to go with something else. Yeah. All those are good points. Like I almost think too that maybe in the very beginning they were, you know, showing that, Hey, we're doing this. Hey, we're doing this just because like they were not worried that they're that the force awakens wouldn't do as well, but just like giving us like, hey, this is what's happening. So stick around, like more is coming. And now they're like, okay, you already, you're already enjoying this. So we're not going to reveal as much. But, you know, then again, we had the, you know, Boba Fett movie possibly fail. And they're just trying to maybe like keep it from getting released so that like they cancel it later. Like they're like not as confident as they were in the beginning. I don't know. Like there's a bunch that that could go into why they aren't revealing anything. But, you know, then again, it's Disney. It's like they do one thing and then they do the next thing and it's totally different. But, you know, then again, it's Lucasfilm too. And Lucasfilm has always been, I almost think they've always been like very straightforward with us almost until like the Disney purchase. But it's like, that's not a bad thing. And it's like, I don't know, like I need information or to like honestly and to like confidently say that. But... 
Well, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't want to know about movies and TV shows that end up not getting made. Yeah. Because then I just want those things. Like, I don't want the Josh Trank Boba Fett movie, partially because Josh Trank is fucking nut job. But, like, the, the sort of, like, the Underworld TV show that we were going to get and then didn't get. Or even, um, even the video game that was going to be awesome and then got scrapped. Like, there's... You you just there's a certain amount of of bitterness that can form from that, and so I think in the end, as much as I want to know what the next movies are, as much as I want to know what the TV shows are going to be, I don't want to know about it unless it's for sure. You know, thinking about the uh, underworld thing, I never remember hearing about that. Like, when was that rumored around? Well, it wasn't just rumored; it was like a thing that was going to happen. I don't remember how long ago it was because um, my memory when it comes to, like, time periods is really, really bad. Yeah, like, I I only recall hearing about it, you know, when I first started listening to podcasts, I was hearing about, you know, all these rumored, um, or, like, I guess they were going to happen, like, TV shows. Like, I didn't hear about detours until, like, last August, which, thank God, I never want to think about again because oh my god what the fuck was that but mm, here's let me let me pull it and put an article on that i'm just thinking like where the hell was i like how did i not know about that because i was always really like but you know then again we didn't really have star wars like all we had was uh clone wars until 2012 oh it was back in um it was back in 2005 oh wow yeah that's probably why I was little. I had no idea what the fuck was going on other than yeah, there was Revenge even, of the Sith. There, there, there were a whole, like, it wasn't just, like, rumors. Like, there were a bunch of scripts and everything. Shit. I, for some reason, thought it was much later. Like, I thought this was, like, right before the Disney purchase that they were getting this together. Then, oh, guess what? Yeah, this was something that he, Lucas talked about it at, um... Uh, celebration in 2005. I am wondering, like, what made him... Because I almost feel like they chose to do Clone Wars over this, in a way. Well, it could be a combination of... I mean, Lucas takes his time on shit. I mean, look how long he was working, like, on ideas before the, the, the prequels actually happened. Um, it, it also could be that, yeah. I mean, a Star Wars TV show is, on the face of it, not a cheap thing to do. Especially considering that the prequels were badly received. Yeah, that's hard. But there were like some, there were some good names attached to it. Um, Ronald D. E. Moore, who did... Uh, the reboot of Battlestar Galactica. Um, there were a couple of, of, of Doctor Who people who wrote scripts. It was like, it was really like, it was like hmm. a, a thing that f- was going to happen. What do you think would have happened if it actually did happen? Like, do you think that would have changed like a lot of things that are happening now? Like, obviously, I don't think we would get a solo movie if we got that, but who knows? Um, I, I think it, it depends on whether it, whether it would have been 
popular or not. Because that if it was something that was successful for a TV network, that would have affected Disney buying it. Where would have they put this, though? Would they have put it on Cartoon Network like they did with... Uh... Clone Wars. Well, this wasn't a this was this was a live action show. Hmm. So I don't like I don't even think they were ever to the point. Uh, it sounds like they were never even to the point of taking it to networks, or at least there was never. As far as I know, there was never an actual deal with anybody. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, like I just I don't know. Like I've never asked about this before. I've never really like questioned it. You know, I'd listen to people talking about it and be like, okay, cool. But I never sat down and been like, all right, so, like, what really was this? Like, I knew, like, the details and everything, but I didn't know, like, you know, why this never happened. You know, the, you know, like, where this would have gone. What stages was this in? I didn't even know until now that this was, like, in 2005. I thought this was, like, probably, like, late 2000s. Oh, but I don't know. Oh, all I know is that Disney and Lucasfilm are going to give us a lot in the next couple of years and they're not going to tell us <laughs> until like probably like they have a name and they have people well that's the thing too is that like do you think that they're just gonna hire or they're gonna get all these actors and then announce like they're doing something or are they gonna do something and then get a bunch of actors and then start it I mean I feel like by the time, because they, they they want, it depends how stuff leaks. And once you start talking about like actual like casting point, then a lot of people are already going to be talking about your, your project and know about it, even if they don't know details. So you probably want to get ahead of that and, and make the announcements yourself as much as you can. Yeah. Like we knew, we knew about Han Solo way before casting. Yeah, well, because that was announced like like what Sam said in like 2015, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Boba Fett was rumored too, and that obviously didn't happen. I don't know. Though. I'm not good at this like guessing stuff, so I don't know. But I don't know. We'll we'll get stuff. Known soon, hopefully. Well, thank you for the email. And yeah, that's episode 28. Wow. And February will be like halfway over by the time that this is up. Well... Emily, where can everyone find you on social media? Um, you can find me on Twitter a lot and on Instagram occasionally at EFLind. That's at E-F-L-I-N-D. You can find the show on both those places at CantoBitePod. And you can find me on Twitter as CantoBrit. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.